and welcome to I Talk to Ghosts. I'm your spirited host, Jennifer, a professional medium and a collector of ghost stories. Tonight, dear listener, we're not just going to focus on the ghost stories. We're also going to emphasize who is telling them. We all love credibility to accompany a telling of an encounter. We want to believe a story is authentic. So it's kind of an added bonus if the storyteller is considered a truthful person or doesn't have anything to gain by telling their story. And there could even be a risk of casting a bad light on their career if they do so. So tonight, I've gathered ghost stories told by first responders and law enforcement. And as always, after diving into the spooky, there's room for the spiritual too. I have another wonderful spirit reading to share with you with my latest podcast guest. And check out the message from the spirit segment after that. Consider it a mini seance session in which a loved one has an opportunity to reach out to someone connected to listening to the podcast. And since that's you, this message could be yours. That's later on in the podcast. But first, the spooky. The ghosts are gathering in right now. It was around 11 p.m., on a warm summer night when we were dispatched to a residence out in the woods in Wyoming. The family there had reported some suspicious activity, so my partner and I went to check it out. When we arrived, the residents greeted us at the door and told us frantically about the strange screams they had been hearing coming from the creek. My first thought was that it might have been an animal. Out here, the slopes of the land can sometimes distort noises, and birds can sound eerie to the human ear when they cry out at night. But as we were talking, we all heard the scream. It's hard to describe exactly what it was like, but I immediately discredited the idea of it being an animal. It sounded human, and yet like nothing I had heard before. Each scream lasted between 10 to 15 seconds, echoing eerily across the creek. My partner and I exchanged an uneasy glance and promised the family that we would go and check it out. It was a clear, mild night, so we walked rather than take our vehicle. Even with the moonlight above us, it was dark so far out from any civilized roads, so we brought our flashlights. As we were walking, We heard the scream again, getting louder the closer we got to the creek. It was disturbingly eerie, hearing it come out of the dark right ahead of us. We swung our flashlights this way and that, but we couldn't see anything unusual. Either it really was just an animal 
its screams distorted by the landscape, or someone was being attacked in the creek bed. There was no further evidence to suggest either was the case, but I wasn't about to rule anything out. The screams continued on and off as both my partner and I searched the creek bed, each one fading like echoes in mist. Is anyone out there? I began to shout. Nobody replied, but the screams continued. Even though it was warm outside, I felt a constant chill on the back of my neck. I was impatient to get out of there. We continued searching the creek, looking for any animal tracks or footprints, but there was nothing. It was then that I realized I hadn't heard the scream for the last five or so minutes and began to wonder if whatever it had been had finally left or simply quieted down for the night. Then, we heard it again. This time, it came from directly behind us. Until now, the screams had always been ahead of us, echoing through the air as though coming from a distance. But this one sounded closer than ever, back in the direction we had just come from. We quickly turned around, swinging our flashlights over the track we had just walked down, but there was nothing there. There was no movement either. Everything was eerily still, even the wind. And it almost felt as though my partner and I were the only living thing out there for miles. Apart from the screams, everything else was silent. Being summer in Wyoming, you would expect at least some animal sounds. Frogs croaking from the creek bed, crickets chirping, small animals rustling through the grass. But there was nothing. It was disconcerting being out there in the darkness and the silence. Something about it just didn't feel right. We started heading back the way we had come hoping we might stumble across whatever it was that was managing to evade us. We were almost halfway back to the house when the scream sounded again. It was so piercingly loud that my partner jumped, jerking his flashlight around to stare at the grass next to him. The scream had sounded disturbingly close, as though it was right on our heels. We shone our lights frantically around us, convinced it was close by, but we found nothing. Not even the glint of eyes in the darkness or a rustle of movement in the grass. By this point, the two of us were feeling antsy and impatient. I was starting to consider the possibility that our ears were playing tricks on us and the noises we were hearing were actually coming from a greater distance than we thought. But the next scream 
was even louder than before, and it lasted at least a half a minute. All of the hairs on my arms rose, and a shudder tore through my body. It was such a horrible, inhuman noise, and I wanted nothing more than to get out of there. My partner agreed, and we both hurried back towards the house. The family seemed disappointed we couldn't find anything, but there was little else we could do. We told them to call us again if the screams continued, and left the creek and its strange noises behind us. We never heard from the family about the screams again. I still don't know what could have caused such strange noises. As an avid outdoorsman, I was familiar with animal cries, and those screams were like nothing I had heard before. My partner and I searched that creek thoroughly, and we found nothing. I don't think I'll ever find out what was making those screams, but it still gives me shivers every time I remember it. I've resided next to a haunted firehouse for almost 17 years. It's still in use today as a small holding station for fire engines and equipment, but it isn't in use 24-7 like the bigger stations in town. The firehouse itself is quite old-fashioned and somewhat run down on the outside. Ivy has begun to creep along one side of the bricks and the windows are dirty with cobwebs and dust since it isn't a fully maintained building and it's only ever occupied when a call comes in. Over the years, I've heard countless stories from locals describing their experiences there, all relating to paranormal happenings and things that cannot be fully explained. I'm not aware of the firehouse's full history but I know that a few members had lost their lives while on the job over the years, and many people believe that some of their spirits are still hanging around. My nephew is a fireman himself, and he too has heard and seen things he can't explain from the firehouse next door. He told me about an experience he had when he was inside the station alone one night. The others had all gone home, leaving him to check the equipment and lock up, since he lived right next door, and it was his turn to do the usual rounds. He was certain he was alone, as he had watched everyone walk out the door. But as he was about to leave himself, he heard someone humming from deeper inside the firehouse. He thought it was odd, but assumed it must be coming from outside rather than in the building itself. Nevertheless, 
he decided to check the station again to make sure nobody had come back without him realizing. As he approached the locker room door where the sound seemed to be coming from, he saw a shadow disappear through the doorway as though someone had quickly darted inside. But when he went to check, there was nobody there. He told me he had been pretty spooked at that point and got the feeling he wasn't alone, even though he was, as far as he could tell. He left as quickly as he could after that. I remember how shaken he had seemed when he came home and he told me the story that same night. I had already known some of the rumors about the firehouse, so I had no qualms about believing him. On another occasion, my son and I were out in the yard when we heard a door slam from inside the firehouse, even though the place was, as usual, completely empty. He ran to go and see who it was thinking there might have been an emergency or one of the other guys had gone in. But there was nobody there, and the door was locked, meaning there couldn't have been anyone inside. Neither of us could find an explanation for it, just like we couldn't really explain a lot of things we saw happen over there. Some of the other firemen and women have claimed to see doors opening and closing on their own. They've glimpsed shadowy figures that seem to disappear into thin air and have heard footsteps in the building even when they're the only person there. The number of different witnesses and accounts that have stemmed from the firehouse over the years only goes to show how haunted the place truly is. Given how dangerous the job is, and how many lives that have been lost over the years since it was built, I suppose it's no surprise that spirits still linger around the old building. They make it a point now to never lock up or leave someone there alone, especially when it's already dark at night. The ambulance company I used to work for had a haunted ambulance, rig number 12. A lot of EMTs had stories about it, but I never put much stock in the paranormal. That is, until I had my own experience in rig 12. My partner and I were working in a rural community at 3 a.m., and it was pitch dark and completely quiet. We were both trying to take advantage of the low activity evening and nap a little bit while we could, since again, it was 3 a.m. I was in the driver's seat and she was in the passenger seat. I woke up to a muffled voice, but I thought my partner was talking. I told her I was trying to sleep and I closed my eyes. But then, 
I distinctly heard a male voice say, Oh my god, am I dying? Followed by a few seconds of heavy breathing. My partner and I sat straight up and looked back into the patient compartment where it sounded like the voice had come from. Things were quiet for a couple of seconds. Then we heard the click of an oxygen bottle regulator and a hiss as if it was leaking. I turned on the lights and we ran out of the rig. I thought maybe a transient might have climbed in while we were asleep, so I opened the rear doors. No one was there. I checked the oxygen bottles. Neither was opened. We didn't rest much after that. Are you enjoying your ghostly visit? If so, please follow, like, comment, and share. The ghosts may be talkative, but they are lousy at marketing, so every click helps. Tell your friends, and please leave a kind review so that others might join us. The spirits, and I thank you. Hello, and welcome back to I Talk to Ghosts. My guest this evening, you may remember her from a previous reading, is Jasmine. Jasmine, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, so... You were originally speaking with your father-in-law who passed, and that connected for you through a message from the spirits the week before. I was so focused on connecting those messages with him um, that we realized in talking at the end that there were other individuals that you were hoping to come through. And it's like, ah, good learning experience for me. Don't have the tunnel vision. Your grandmother did come through. And we ended it there. I was doing a little prep work for our reading. And the impression that I'm getting the most for you was that of support. They just wanted to support you so much and, and to let you know that they're still there for you. So right off the bat, I wanted to ask you, did you lose someone who you felt was really your support network? Uh, definitely one of the biggest people in my support network, yeah. Okay. Before we even talk about anything else, I really do want to just, I can't convey it enough. I can't express it how much they still want to support you and they're still there for you and they love you so much. And the floor didn't collapse underneath you. You know, it's a shift in life and they still energetically and spiritually, and they want to be there for you on that level. And I think that's really just, it was like, the most paramount thing that needed to be said out of everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I got, got the message. You can do this. You can do this is what they're saying. And like, there are plenty of times where I don't get full on like, no, tell this to her, you can do this. And uh, it was even being conveyed to me as like, you can do this and give her the message, you know, like, it's like supporting me, supporting you, support you. <laughs> Um, so I'm getting multiple energies coming in and sometimes it's a bit of a 
metaphysical jigsaw puzzle for me. I'm getting some nurturing dad energy. I'm also getting more of a peer energy coming through. And there's also a woman as well with the support message. Can you connect that for me so we can expand and I'll narrow in for you? Yeah. Um, so the dad energy is my, my dad. Um, he passed away from COVID about a, <sighs> two years ago. Okay. Um, he was, he was very healthy. It was very much my mom and him both got COVID at the same time. And she got out and he didn't. Um, yeah. So he, he was telling me it happened really quickly. It did. Um, it was very quick. Yeah. Quick and sudden. And um, it's shocking. That is so shocking. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, yeah, the the rapidness of it um, is not fair. You know, it's it's just not. And um, he he is coming through as boy he he had some great advice and guidance as a person and he just really knew life and he was really good at it um and you know yeah the difficulties there and and with covid it's just not fair and um (laughs) um there was kind of the joke of you lost the good one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Um Yeah. It, we don't have to really get into that, but if you understand it. I do. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um and like he's he's being good nature about that. Um but but that was the another message that was coming through and going in. He was kind of showing me um a pencil or a ruler. Uh, I don't know if those are... He was an engineer. Okay. Yeah. He did yeah. a lot of um, designing of car parts for GM first, and then he worked for EasyGo um, <laughs> on golf carts. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I wrote down calipers yep. and cars. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I wrote down pencil, ruler, calipers, cars. Mm-hmm. And then jigsaw. And I wasn't sure if that was jigsaw puzzles or jig- a jigsaw. Oh, or he was very a- handy. Okay. Yeah, super suit. Like worked on cars, um, built uh, his own shed in the backyard. He everything in the house he updated himself. He's very good with that. Stuff. Okay, let's expand on that a little bit. Um, yeah, kind of. Um, but teacher energy to him too. I mean, he 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 shared his his wisdom and his knowledge. And um, is is there something going on right now? that like you could just really use his support with things um because he it's almost like he he's like <laughs> pushing me forward and he just wants to he he's he's trying to lend this momentum to you and um prop you up in a way and just say you know hey you know you can do this you can do this and I'll I'll skip to I'll skip to a little bit of his message um at the end he's saying you're okay you're okay you're okay so you're okay and it's going to be okay all right he is pointing out your eyes to me he was always very much about eye contact okay too. yeah that was a big thing okay for him. okay that makes a lot of sense then for him to be like you know 
pointing out your eyes to me and and there's just this kindness there and that that feeling was he always walking around with something in his hand uh i don't know what it is he he didn't sit down the man even even when we were visiting he was always cleaning i was gonna ask about pacing but yeah but constantly yep um i see him eating cereal oh my god and walking around um, that's really funny that you say that because one thing that drove my mom crazy was that he would eat like a bowl of cereal before dinner. And she's like, I'm making dinner. Why are you eating cereal? And, and this was like a, a repeating thing that happened a lot. And even my okay. brothers and sisters do the same thing now. It's funny. Okay. <laughs> um, someone brought up you tying your shoes. Did, and like, this is me translating a little bit. But did you have a difficult time learning how to tie your shoes when you were little? I did, and it was my dad who taught me okay. how to do that. Yeah. He, he was bringing that up. And I think there's a little bit of a metaphor in that somewhere where it's like, you know, you had this difficult time, and <laughs> and uh, he he wants to kind of use that as a, look, you did it, and now look at you. You know, you don't even have to look at your shoes. <laughs> you know, you, you know it's and that's kind of where we are in life sometimes we feel lost or we don't know you know about something and then you look back on it and you're like wow you know um it's easy now it'll be easy now and i don't know if you can apply that specifically um to the challenges and and things that are going on for you right now but in a way it's like use that as a sense of comfort um, you know, like a starting point to, you know, and then that loving memory of him helping you tie your shoes, you know, other impressions outside of your dad that were coming through. Um, I got a bright woman who was just, um, she, she wants to kind of talk about your hair for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's my great grandmother. She just always loved my hair she had got the straight hair and she hated it and oh. i got the curly we always hair. want what we don't get yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she would always you know want me to wear my hair down and tell me how beautiful my hair was mm-hmm. so, yeah. yes she was like mention her hair <laughs> it's all about her hair <laughs> so that is funny did she ever i was seeing like you on an animal ride um not a real animal could be a carousel horse. It could be one of those you put a diamond in front of the store type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was showing me that. Did she ever take you as a young child to to ride on one of those? Yeah. Yep. And popsicles. Were there popsicles involved? It yeah. might not be yeah. that day. In the summertime, yes, always. I would go. Sometimes I would spend the night with her. Um, and she'd always have popsicles and, and cookies um, okay. and juice boxes. So, yeah. Nice. Wonderful. And from there, I was seeing um, a headscarf. Did she ever wear headscarves or was there someone associated with her that would wear a headscarf? So um, I have seen her wear a headscarf before, but she didn't do it very often. My mm-hmm. Her her mother-in-law was 100% Polish and wore a headscarf all okay. the time. I never met her. She passed away before I was born. Um, But my grandmother told she was the best grandma. My grandmother told me Mm -hmm. all about her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that there, like I said, there's a lot of swirling energy 
around you. And I think you've got this. Well, do you have, you have a big family now. Yeah. And you have a big family behind you, Mm -hmm. you know, like ancestral wise. So you just have tap into that. If you can just tap into that, if you can, um, I want to talk about uh, some messages that were coming in for you. And um, one of the main themes was just divine guidance. If you feel like you really need um, just that kind of support, take some time to just, you know, shut off the phone, no distractions, you know, you're alone, uh, clear your mind, quiet the mind and just let it come in. And sometimes writing can be a great exercise to like you write down your question and then thoughts just kind of start flowing. Um, so that would be a really great exercise for you. Um, the emphasis of no company is better than bad company was kind of coming through. So if, you know, someone has your ear that maybe shouldn't, or it's just like, it's not good for you just try to manage that relationship. It doesn't mean you have to cut them out of your life completely, but if it's it's not working, just pay attention to how much time and energy and focus you're giving to that, okay? Yep. yep. Um yeah, and then there's this this uh dr- there should be a drive to sh- just shift into focusing on the positive. You know, focus on on the the gratitude for what you have and, and the wonderful things that you can pour your energy into and not so much, you know, it's, it is super easy for all of us, me included to focus on what's wrong or what needs fixing or, or the terrible, because our brains are, our human brains are kind of trained to like, that's what you focus on. Cause that's what needs fixing. And it's like, no, sometimes the answer is shifting and looking you know, what? I'm over here now <laughs> and I'm so much happier. <laughs> you know, does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I said, you know, you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. And um, just to be happy and shine. Okay. And uh, life is subtle. Life can be really subtle, but it's beautiful and worth it. You know, and the and those were the main messages that were coming in for you. So let me just check in one more time. That does that resonate? That connects for you? It does. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, thank you so much for meeting with me again. This is this this has been absolutely wonderful. It's been wonderful for me to to witness this, and um, I'm feeling personally, gen- you know. I can't even describe it. I'm personally feeling a little more invigorated in in things that are going on in my life too. And I'm like, this this message isn't for me, but I'm going to run with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you so much. This, this You're is so welcome. Would you like to receive a free spirit reading with me? Enter for your chance at italktoghosts.com slash guest. Each week, I'll randomly select a name from the list to be a guest on the show. Together, we will talk to the spirits who wish to communicate with you, and our session will be featured on a future episode of I Talk to Ghosts. The spirits are waiting. Enter now at italktoghosts.com slash guest.
Hello and welcome back to I Talk to Ghosts. I have a message from the spirits this evening. So I've already meditated and grounded and cleared the space a little bit already for a spirit to come close. But I thought tonight I would also burn some incense as an offering. This contains some of my favorite. This is mugwort, moline, lavender, wormwood. And the spirit coming to me tonight is a close friend of someone's, a woman. She's telling me that you met in business school and you would know her from her having the type of personality that she was very analytical and tended to overthink. She admits that herself. Um, she had a hard time sleeping. She had a lot of, um, worrying thoughts and just was really an overthinker and she realizes now that it really prevented her from experiencing some simple joys in life and sometimes some bigger moments because she was too busy uh, preoccupied in her own head worrying and thinking about last week the week ahead or even what was currently going on, analyzing, analyzing, analyzing. And she's showing me that she used to chew on her pen all the time. It probably drove you crazy, but it was a habit she just couldn't break. Her message for you this evening is she really wants to tell you that the burdens she carried in life, she finds them now to be a little self-inflicted, or at least she could have supported herself a little bit better. And anytime you feel now that you are being caught up in that same overthinking process, she wants to tell you absolutely that you've got this. You can handle anything that crosses your path, any situation, any person. And she wants to offer you this practice for yourself that anytime you feel overwhelmed or consumed with worry that you quietly sit and feel yourself present, feel your own energy, feel your own power, connect with where you are. And for you to realize that this is real and that with your own consciousness and energy, you can affect your life and bring your own influence to anything that's going on. And also to take the time for that self-care and self-support. So in the best of times, you feel that. And in the worst of times, you know what you want to get back to. I think I'm going to close this session and leave it at that. I thank the spirit for coming close and... If this message connects for you, I would love to know, so please reach out. Thank you. Book a medium reading with me if you have a past loved one you would like to connect with. A spirit reading can be an amazing and never spooky experience. I strive to give you specific details that align only to you and your loved ones. Curious? Visit italktoghost.com for links to book with me.
I can't wait to meet you. And with that, dear listener, we've reached the end of this episode of I Talk to Ghosts. I hope you've enjoyed these spooky ghost stories that I shared with you this evening. Are you a first responder? Do you have a spooky story of your own? I would love to hear it. In the meantime, wherever you wander off to in this world or the next, just remember, come back and visit with me. Have a lovely evening and good night. If you listen to my podcast, you have to be like me. You love listening to spooky stories. I'm excited to say that Audible is a sponsor of this podcast. Audible storytelling keeps me company no matter what other task I'm doing. And you know what? Listening can also keep my stress at bay because my mind is being drawn into the stories I'm listening to. Sign up and try it now by visiting audibletrial.com ghosts. I'll also have a link for you in my episode description notes that you can click on. Happy spooky reading!